It's Sean and Kevin's Infinite Movie Crisis. Roll the dice. Accept your movie fate. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Sean's solo podcast that he's doing because Kevin's not in town. And he saw some brand new movies in the freaking movie theaters. That's right, everybody. I went to the movie theaters. I've actually gone a couple times during the pandemic because I'm a risk taker in my life. Although you shouldn't do it. Although you should see them now because if you're vaccinated, which you should do, get vaccinated. Do your part to end the scourge of the coronavirus. And, you know, go see some fun movies. Honestly, go to see some movies in the movie theater. It's so much better. It really is. It's just that feeling because I saw two movies, as you can read from the title of this uh, of this podcast, a Quiet Place Part 2, and Cruella. And if I had watched either of these at home, I probably would have disliked them way more. Way, 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 way more. So I think um, I'll start with The Quiet Place Part 2. Uh, because this was literally like the last minute cancellation of the pandemic. It was supposed to come out last March 2020. I think it was March 21st. And it's like, oh, oh we're not going to cancel it. No, I can't happen. That can't possibly happen. And bang, yep, they push it, and all movie theaters shut down, and the world shuts down, and you know you, you live through it too. So the cool part, though, is that this is kind of the perfect pandemic movie because it is, you know, it's a post-apocalyptic wasteland zombie-esque film, but it's also, you know, like it's just that it's you know it's just constant paranoia that this thing is around you, this thing that. You know it's there, but you can't see it, even though, you know, they, you can see the monsters in a quiet place. How about this? I'll, I'll start from the beginning. I'll uh, Let me give you the, the general details and breakdown of A Quiet Place Part 2. So, following the events at At Home, the Abbott family now face the terrors of the outside world. Forced to venture into the unknown, they realize the creatures they that hunt by sound are not the only threats lurking beyond the sand path. Directed by John Krasinski, written by John Krasinski, Scott Beck, and Brian Woods, it stars... Emily Blunt, Melissa Simmons, Sil- Killian Murphy, John Krasinski, Noah Jupe, Jaimon Hansu, and that's about it. Uh, this is an interesting film. Uh, it's an interesting because John Krasinski knows how to direct. He does. He knows how to make these build. He knows how to make big tension moments. Uh, you know, scary. And quite frankly, it's like it's one of those premises I can't believe no one ever did before. Because, you know, a good sound editor and mixing can make you just feel every crunch of a leaf and anticipation and anticipation. Like, literally, just silence and alone builds anticipation. Have you ever just sat in your house alone in silence? Like, I'm currently at my family's lake house, and there's some, like, I had a knock on my door uh, from my neighbor lady, and I just wasn't expecting it. It scared the poo-poo out of me. It's so it's so terrifying. And the first Quiet Place, I liked a lot as well. It was um It was a good movie. It's a good horror movie, but it's one of those movies that it really doesn't hold up to scrutiny when you think about it because they reveal at the end of the movie uh, that if you just hurt their the monster's hearing, you can open up a thing and then just shoot them in the face. And it's one of those little, uh, why didn't they, how did nobody think of that before? But it's one of those, like, don't nitpick this movie. It's not worth nitpicking. And then they, it's a strong family film. Like, that. It is, that's what it comes down to. John Krasinski said they wrote it as a love letter to his family. Uh, it's a love letter in which he makes himself look awesome the entire time. It's basically just the lessons are listen to your dad at all times. 
Um, uh, your dad is going to smolder and look good. Your mom's hot as shit. And even though we lose a kid to a monster, I'm still going to bang Emily Blunt. I think that's uh, that's what John Krasinski says. This one, it's, 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 it, it t- picks up literally immediately after the last one. Because the last one ended in a terrible place where I – see, I said John Krasinski knows how to direct – and I think he knows what he's doing because he's created a brand new franchise out of, basically out of the blue. I think this is – it's certainly an original idea, but, I mean, now it's a franchise. So, who knows? This last one ended mid-scene, which is just not how you fucking end a movie. But that makes all these things feel like episodes of a TV show as opposed to a movie movie. Not that – again, I don't hold that too much against the detriments. And I think this movie is a little better than the last one. I think because the world expands a little more – where we already know what we're dealing with, all the rules are set in place, so we get a chance to explore out and go to some different things. Now, the film currently has an 8.0 on IMDb, a... But, 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 I, didn't, I don't pull it all up at once, people. It's 96% on, uh, on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, and a 71 on Metacritic. So that's kind of like all over the place, a 9, an 8, and a 7. I think I'm more inclined to the 8 right now. It's definitely an 8 of a movie theater film. Like it's, um, again, it's just, it's one of those just, it, you have to go see it in theaters. Just, you watch this at home, you're just not gonna get the same experience out of it. It's fun, it's it's not funny, but like, all, it's 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 a lot of cliches of apocalyptic films. Like there was a lot of moments where I'm like, oh, this is like The Last of Us. There's one particular sequence in, in throughout that I think is a really standout, but I'm also like, oh, this is straight out of The Last of Us. But it was really well done. I really liked it. It really builds. Also, they're very quick. It's only ninety-seven minutes. I can't remember how many blockbusters are uh, under an hour forty-five these days. So, I'll say this: this is my non-spoiler review of uh, like, yeah, go see this movie. It's fun. You'll have a good time. You know, eat, eat some popcorn. You know, talk about it with your friends afterwards. Then ultra scrutinize it again because again, five minutes after viewing, you're gonna be like, oh, that's. Uh, that's not as good as I thought it was, <laughs> but it's still good. Does that make sense? I hope it makes sense. Okay, now for spoiler-free review number two of Disney's Cruella, Cruella Deville, Cruella Deville, starring Emma Tom, Emma Thompson. Well, it does start Emma Thompson, Emma Stone as Cruella, as in a live-action prequel following the if the young Cruella Deville. Now, if you've been around, you've seen a bunch of these. Uh, Disney live-action remakes and their classic animated films, and most of them are fucking terrible. They really are. They're really bad. They're not enjoyable. But I think people were like, saw the images of how uh, kind of punk rock Emma Stone looked. Everyone loves Emma Stone. Uh, you know, Cruella is one of the best Disney villains because her whole thing is she kills dogs. Like she's just evil to the core. Like, oh, you can make her sympathize with her, and I think they do a pretty good job of. Making it like, okay, she's an anti-hero, right? That she's not a good guy at the end of this. She doesn't, she has a, a non-tragic. Emma Stone is fantastic. It's, it the the director clearly knew, Craig Gillespie, who's a really good director. I quite enjoy his work. He, um, who was it? He directed Lars and the Real Girl and I, Tanya, and uh, Million Dollar Arm and The Fine Stars. I think, I like all those movies. I really do. I think they're all, uh, are very good, at least encapsulating good, fine leading performances, which you get here, because Emma Stone is phenomenal as Cruella DeVille. Um, this film also stars Emma Thompson as the the heavy in this, the, the Baroness. Joel Fry, who was in a movie I liked called uh, Yesterday, about if the Beatles never exist. Paul Walter Hauser, who is the best uh, fat guy a- actor out there right now. He's played a bunch of these roles. 
Um, it's hard to explain how why he's such a good actor, um, but he has like these weird, subtle acting choices and things that makes him very funny and relatable. But he, he really works as an actor. Like here's his IMDb. Like he's a guy. He's not ever gonna be a movie star just based on how he looks, but he he really knows how to work. He was in um, started on the TV show Kingdom, all that uh, MMA boxing show. Uh, then his big biggest break was in Itania as one of the goons. Super Troopers 2, Black Klansman, uh, Late Night, not great. Late Night's not great, but he was in Cobra Kai, which was funny. Uh, Defy Bloods, Real 911. He's one of those guys, he pops up and you're like, oh, this guy's a fucking excellent actor. Uh, and I think he really shines here as well as more comedic relief as, you know, one of Cruella's hench, hench people, hench, henchmen. There are two men in this. So the film is, uh, you know, the early days of, it, it's it's very sporadic. It, it has all the makings of all the crappy stuff we hate out of this stuff where it's a lot of needle drops, music, and, you know, silly, over the top, too much plotting. The film is too long. It is 20 minutes too long. There's a lot of parts where I'm like, you could have cut that, it doesn't matter. But the film starts with Cruella in the orphanage to Cruella getting her dream job in the fashion industry to Cruella taking on the Baroness, and then eventually ending up in the place where, the, in theory, 101 Dalmatians would start. Uh, it's fun. It's fun. The, the the second act is the most fun part, where it's basically uh, the Devil Wears Prada, but with Disney campiness, punk rock, chic over it, uh, ridiculous dresses, back and forth, good, like classic, obvious 60s and 70s and 80s music choices, but they work. And it's just fun because you like Emma Stone, you like Emma Thompson, you like them being catty bitches at each other, and it's fun. I really, I really did enjoy it. It's twenty minutes too long. Not no dead dogs. There's no dead dogs. I'm gonna spoil the opening sequence, which you probably saw it on Twitter or something. But in the very beginning of the film, we find out uh, at a party, Cruella's mother is uh, is attacked and killed by Dalmatians, in truly one of the most unironically, hilariously. Hilarious moments I've ever seen in my entire life of just a woman being attacked by Dalmatians and dying by falling over a cliff. It's truly nuts. It's wild stuff. Um, but it, it works. It really does. Like, the film is not, you know, doing particularly fantastic with the reviews. It currently sits with a 7.4 on IMDb, a uh, 73% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a... 59 on Metacritic. So critics are pretty split on it. Because I think it's one of those, like, just... I don't know what people are expecting. Like, you're not going to get this amazing film. I do feel like if they cut it down to, like, an hour 50, I think it clocks out at 210. If you got down to an hour 50, people would be way more positive on this. Because it's a fun performance. And the dogs of it are, you know, it's it's a fun, goofy movie. I don't know how to put it any other way than that without getting into deep, deep spoilers. But if you're like, oh, if you want to take your kids to it, it's, you know, clean enough that you could take a five-year-old to this. And they're going to they're gonna like seeing the cute dogs and, you know, little girls would probably like the fashion. Oh, that's sexist of me. Little boys could like the fashion of it, too. But I think I think there's enough here to just entertain you. Like, and also just Emma Stone's love of my life. What can I say? I fell in love with her in Superbad. I'm still in love with her today. Sure, she's married and has a kid and has never met me. But it doesn't mean it's too late for us, Right? Right? I don't know. I hope they don't ruin it by making like six sequels to this or they start doing more of these, you know, villain spin-off prequels because it's like, can't a guy just be a bad guy? You know, why do I need the tragic origin of these monsters? Uh, I don't know. I don't know what else to, how else to put it that way. Um, I guess, I guess I'm just going to do a couple other just 
mini movie recommendations. I've seen a lot of movies this year. Some of them are on Netflix. So my number one movie of the year so far is The Mitchells vs. the Machines. Uh, it's a hilarious kids animated movie on Netflix that was sold off by Sony to Netflix. This movie's awesome. It is hilarious. Uh, the voice acting's great. I think it's Danny McBride and uh, one of the chicks from Broad City I can't think of. But it's funny. It's unique. It's it's it, The animation style is cool. It's by Lord and Miller's animation animation team. So yeah, there's a reason why it's good. It, it I highly that's my number one movie of the year. Uh, after that I go Barb and Star, go visit go to Vista Del Mar. This movie is hysterical. This was come out last year. It was never gonna be a hit. It's a, like it's short, hysterical, Kristen Wig and uh, Annie Annie Murphy is her last name? I forget her name. Her writing partner, she's very funny in it, but like uh they're just like fuck it. We're gonna we got they somebody gave us twenty million bucks. We're going to go nuts with this and have a good fucking time. I highly recommend maybe smoking a joint and uh, watching it with some friends on uh, Amazon or some someplace wherever you can get this. As a, it is, it's very funny and deserves to be seen. Uh, next up, Bob Odenkirk's Nobody. Nobody is a John is on the John Wick tree. Of This is just a John Wick where they got, a, got an actor people like, taught him some kung fu, and just put together a bunch of action set pieces, and it works. It works. It does. It's, uh, I like seeing Bob Odenkirk kick ass. I don't believe he can kick my ass because he's still a little guy, but it's convincing enough. You could probably put any actor in that role and it would still work, but that's because it's good direction. The bad guy is a lot of fun. It has a campiness that works to it. It was fun seeing Christopher Lloyd in it, so I highly recommend that. After that, we have Guy Ritchie's Wrath of Man. Now, this one I expected to suck. I'm not going to lie to you. I expected it to suck, but it went from, oh, shit, it's going to be a bad Jason Statham movie into this is a really fun, tight action thriller. Um, I don't give any way of that because like the movie shifts halfway through to a whole new perspective, which adds depth to the film. And you're like, I can't believe this movie worked at all. I thought this was going to be stupid, but I quite enjoyed this. Next up, Eric Andre's Bad Trip. Uh, Bad Trip is, uh, is a good trip to watch. It's a in the vein of jackass, of uh, live action pranks on people, uh, which are... Sometimes hilarious, but has a good, wholesome story. And I read somewhere the best compliment Eric Andre received is uh, by Sarah, Sarah, Sasha Baron Cohen. Where Sasha Baron Cohen, when he does the Borat and these prank films where he's in disguise, he's trying to expose the, you know, cruel, racist, misogyny of America. Well, this film actually highlights the good in people. You know, because, like, the joke is on Eric Andre and little Rel Howery and Tiffany Haddish because they're the ones where the bad thing happens to them or the pranks on them. And you usually see people being holy shit moments, but then usually rushing to their aid. It's actually kind of sweet when you think about it. So I recommend that. Again, very brief movie on Netflix. A lot of Netflix movies here. Uh, Demon Slayer, Kimetsu no Yaiba, Yaiba the movie, Mujen Train. Uh, I had not seen the anime yet. I just went on a whim because I was like, fuck it, I want to go to see the movie. Uh, this is a good anime movie, man. Like, it's a kick-ass action. It made me interested in the world. I was able to understand everything without reading the manga or watching the anime. Uh, I thought it was all put together pretty nicely. I think the action was... The, some of the animations, animated action sequences were uh, incredible. Uh, I thought the emotional beats hit well. Uh, I recommend it. If you're a fan of anime, definitely go see it. If you're curious about anime, go see it. If you don't like anime at all, don't go see it. Uh, God Jira versus Kong. The first big movie people went back to see in theaters. And it's, it's fucking stupid. It's a stupid fucking movie. It's so fucking dumb. But it's, you know, it, it should be. It's Godzilla versus Kong. It should not be this 
you know, oh, what, what about the duality of man? No, it's a giant monkey punching a giant lizard. And it works. It works for the most part. Like, it does. I mean, all the scenes of the monkey punching the lizard are fun. The human parts are insufferably bad. Like, the actors are doing... Some of them know what they're doing, like Brian Tyree Henry and I think Alexander Skarsgård. But some of them, like Millie Bobby Brown, are just fucking terrible. And you're like, just, just squish them and let me see the monkey punch the lizard more. That'd be more fun for me. I mean, it's one of those... Watch it if you're curious. Um, I'm sure you might have already seen already. Oh, there's an ant on my table. I don't like that, mister. Sorry. Oh, I have to kill this little guy. I'm sorry. Don't come into somebody else's house, though. Is it okay, Mr. Ant? Is it okay? Uh, Mortal Kombat. This is not a good movie, but it's a great Mortal Kombat movie. You know why? They're fucking bloody fatalities. It's stupid. At least Josh Lawson, who plays Kano, knew what movie he's in because he's hysterical. And I'm not even a Kano guy from the games. I'm just like, yeah. Uh, excuse me. Burping. Fuck it. I'm an animal. What do you want from me? Mortal Kombat. Honestly, I don't know if it's better, even better than the originals. Because there's no fucking tournament in it. But here's the thing. The fights are good. It's briskly paced enough. But they put too much world building. In the, if I, I wish there was like little levers you could press. Where it's like, oop, let me up the stupidity of Mortal Kombat by 15% and downplay the plot by about 15%. If I could swap those two, you'd have a really good, fun, campy B-movie. Uh, but sadly, uh, it, it's not amazing. But if you're a little drunk with friends, I recommend it. Just at least to watch a couple of the fights and a couple of the fatalities. I'd like there to be a sequel just because, fuck it, why not? Let's just keep going with it. But other than that, uh, Mortal Kombat, eh, meh. And finally, of all the movies I've seen this year... Oh, wait, no, I have, I have two more, actually. Sorry, I didn't even up that. All right, how about this? We got Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. <laughs> Zack Snyder in my list. Oh, Zacky, I I want to like him so his movies so much more than I do, but they're so fucking stupid. So Army of the Dead is uh, exactly what it sounds like. It's a group of ex, ex-military people going in to rob a Las Vegas casino surrounded by zombies. And it should be a fun, campy, dumb zombie ride, but they just can't resist writing the stupidest fucking plots of these things. Like, just make the... They don't know how to... He doesn't know how to have fun with his films, you know? It has to take it so fucking seriously. And if he just was able... Like, the first 20 minutes are really fun. It's a good zombie setup. You see the outbreak, and then you get a really fun sequence of how Vegas gets walled off, and the world is kind of insane. But then... The actual heist part isn't that fun. And there's weird directorial choices of flipping back and forth. And it's just, I wanted to I wanted it to work so much more than it does. It's not awful. There's fun in it. And sometimes you want to see some dumb zombie headshots. That'll it'll fill the void for you. And there's some good there's some good action sequence. Like Dave Batista versus the, the zombie king. It's a really cool hand-to-hand fight. Because Zack Snyder knows how to direct action. He just doesn't know how to direct uh, human beings to act like <laughs> human beings. And finally, the worst movie I've seen this year, uh, Spiral from the Book of Saw. Uh, I was kind of looking forward to this. I, I like Chris Rock a lot. I like uh, so many things about it. I like the Saw series on paper more than I do in actually watching the films. And I don't know why I was expecting anything different. Because I'm like, on paper, like, oh, get the, from the cop side of, you know, a serial killer inspired by Saw with elaborate traps. But you can have the meta commentary of, of a basic serial killer going after cops because of, you know, general police brutality in this world. I'm like, oh, that's actually a good setup. Has internal conflict with a cop, a good cop like Chris Rock, and uh, 
you know, right from wrong. And actually, you could actually maybe say something in the world, but instead you get not great saw killings and traps and stuff. A bonkers editing, oh, terrible twist you see coming two seconds into the film. And the weirdest part is, is that Chris Rock is the son of Samuel Jackson. Sam Jackson, who's 73 years old, and Chris Rock, who's uh, 55 years old. But they look like they're brothers <laughs> because the black doesn't crack. I don't know what to tell you. It was a weird, odd choice. And I think Sam Jackson was there for like maybe a week and a half. But I, I just I can't recommend the film in any, any on any level. So that's all the movies I've seen this year, guys. This is a fun little mini solo pod by me. Coming in at what looks to be about 20 minutes of podcasting. I hope that's enough to tide you over. Of some mini reviews, a little longer form of the new movies coming out this week, this past week, anyways. Uh, we'll be back next week with Drive, and we already pre recorded the next one after that. I'll tell you right now, it's The Italian Job. And I'll tell you what, we already rolled from that next time. We haven't recorded that one yet, though. Uh, we're doing Frank, our five. So, guys, I hope you enjoy that. Uh, you can follow me at Big Mary 63 on Instagram. Other than that, I'll see you. I'll see you. I'll listen to you next week. No, you'll listen to me next week. Ah, fuck it. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.